taking you inside the games we love. This is Bill Roden on Sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another scintillating edition of Bill Roden on Sports. Uh, happy to say I'm here once again with my co-host, Jamal Murphy. Great to be here. And yet another spe- truly special guest. Um, we're trying to get Sydney to come on this show for almost... How many? But what? Two years? Ever since you sort of buttonholed me? I don't remember. Uh, remember it being at that the, long. Remember, <laughs> no, remember the sh- when we when we met at the uh, at the um, at the uh, what's the, the, the Christmas? Comus, yeah. The Comus Club, yeah. And you and uh, anyway, so my 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 special 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 guest and friend is Doctor Sydney Butts. Uh, Sydney Butts is a uh, is a surgeon specializing in. Uh, plastic, well, uh, not plastic, but um, uh, in, yeah. in cosmetic, cosmetic reconstruction mm-hmm. surgery. Yeah, of the facial the face, regions, facial that's reconstruction. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many, how many sisters are you gonna find doing that? You know. Uh, but anyway, but uh, um, Sydney also, she's a tremendous sports fan, born in Queens, and what's also cool is that she's a triplet. There, wow. there, there, are three of them. There's, there's yeah. Sydney who's here. Then your other sister, who is Sam, who you met, Sam, who's an, met. O- an OBGYN. Don't tell uh, me all three are doctors. No, but that so, was a someone, almost. someone had to change it up, right? <laughs> so, so Sam yes. is an OBGYN, right, at the University of Pennsylvania. And mm-hmm. then your other sister, Heather's an attorney, and she, there you uh, go. Run, hey, <laughs> right, like, 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 uh, Jamal. she and she, uh, well, she still has some feet in the law, but she runs a nonprofit that actually. Um, kind of focuses on uh, mentorship and getting uh, middle school and high school kids uh, ready for the next stages of their education, things like that. Yeah, I mean, that's what blew me away. A, when I first met you guys, they're they're twins. I mean, not twins, they're triplets. Yeah. But triplets who are all these very highly accomplished black women and I'm thinking, man, I should have your father and mother right. on the show. I mean, what was they, that like? If, if the invitation had ex- been extended, they would be here, trust me. <laughs> next all, time. Yeah, next time is always open. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, the three of you guys, I mean, that that's, that is literally another show, but two, three women, all Virgos, which is like... All Virgos, the, right. We have that in common. Yes. Yeah, so, well, they had to be all Virgos. One couldn't be <laughs> the right. triplets, right? right? One couldn't be a Libra, the other one, the other two. <laughs> Uh, I'm just curious. I mean, how did? Where do you start with that? I mean, three highly accomplished triplets, two doctors, one attorney. Um, you know, born in Queens, and all sports fans, right? Yes, I mean, and, and, big time. So big that time that happened because, uh, you know, that was kind of a bonding activity for the three of us and our dad. We would watch football on Sundays. He actually, so you know, when I was growing up, uh, the teams that were doing really well were like Dallas and the Chicago Bears and so we would watch football and it was the heyday of people like Tony Dorsett Mm -hmm. and Marcus Allen and Walter Payton so we would sit there and our dad would say oh look he would say like look at Uncle Tony Dorsett and Uncle like Walter Payton and I'm thinking I have all these uncles in the NFL like (laughs) he would say that to make us Get uh, more interested like in watching right, right, right. the game, and our mother would say, "Please stop telling them that they're those are their uncles." <laughs> but, uh, but we really enjoyed it, and you know, to this day, you know, on Thanksgiving we were watching football all day long. And well, so. hey, like we love you here. Yeah, yeah. that's good. We're we're heathens still. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, for all the stuff about the concussions and all that stuff, and we'll we'll get around to it. But but while we we're off air. Um, we're, we're talking about that because I, I've got to imagine if you're a doctor now, no mm-hmm. matter what your specialty is, and particularly yours, because yeah. you're dealing with the head, um, that's something that has to be, A, either bothersome, B, uh, intriguing, or fascinating. What, what's, your, what's your thought just as, a, um, as somebody who deals with, uh, with, with particularly reconstruction? Yeah. Uh, what, what's, what's sort of been your reaction the past few years about uh, the 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 uh, the concussions and uh. well you know I think as a fan and as someone who grew up watching so many of these amazing amazing athletes talented men uh, you know I remember seeing something not too long ago about 
um, some of the um, neurologic problems that Tony Dorsett is having, and it like really rang home because, as mm. I said, this was someone was your uncle. who I raised my uncle. uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so from that standpoint, I think it's very sad. You know, these are people who um, bring a lot of joy to a lot of people. We root for them, and I think. You know, people forget that at the end of the day, they have families and they have to have lives of their own and they have short careers mm. for the, you know, they're, many of them are done playing by the time they're in their 30s and 40s. They have to have lives after that to have, to hear that, you know, your life has been impacted in this way and that your, their families are having to deal with it is, I think is really sad. So, mm. but I think it's, a good thing that there's more awareness about it. So uh, but, but morally, there's a, there's a medical thing and then there's a moral thing. Mm-hmm. How, how how do you process this morally? Because you still, you know, we've been talking about football and the upcoming games, right? right? So you sure. still enjoy the right. games, correct? Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. It is. You you do as you learn more and you have awareness about what has happened to some players. Um, you you can't help but feel conflicted a little bit, right? It, or maybe more. Well, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, oh, they chose it. And I think, uh, well, there there's so many factors, right? You know, but I think you do have to think about that, and you have to hope that the um, kind of professional organizations that represent these players are doing everything they can to make sure they're as safe as possible. Mm. Yeah. How do you feel, sorry, how do you feel about that? Nowadays, you know, this year, the last couple of years, they they're having doctors on the sideline, mm-hmm. neurologists on the on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like they're doing enough? Do you think it's for show? What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, I without kind of getting into an area that's a little bit outside of my area of expertise because, you know, I'm not a neurologist, but I, I and so I don't know. I mean, I think um, certainly it's helpful to have as much medical care. Uh, as um, immediately accessible as possible. So if there's someone on the sideline who's there to assess somebody, at least it ensures that that assessment will happen quickly rather than you know someone trying to tough it out through right. four quarters and then get to a doctor hours later. Um, right. So I think that's a good thing. Uh, it seems like also, though, there, there are... You know, as a player too, I think you have to feel empowered that if you think you've taken a hit and you don't feel right, you got to say something and right. say like, "I need help. I need someone to check on me." But so. you know, the other thing about that, uh, the other day Ben Roethlisberger took mm. himself out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a lot of people are still saying a lot of guys saying, "Well, yeah, that's been big. Ben Roethlisberger. He's got his spot on the team." Right, Revis right. too. Yeah. Right. And that, that reminds Revis, who sat out for the second game in a row right, right. this past weekend. And I'm, you know, people always talk about Revis as being a smart businessman. And to me, I looked at that as an, another uh, clue that he is a smart businessman. He's not yeah. playing around. He's, he's not trying to rush back. Right. You know, he's yeah, taking see, care he's of himself. Options, but he has options. See, so, some, some people but, are saying that what happens right, if I lose it, my lose my spot? In other words, right. there Revis and Rosselsberger, they can stay out for three games and they right. got their position. But what happens? I'm some guy and I'm just trying to hang on. And politically, <laughs> yeah. everybody says, oh, yeah, Bill, way to go. But then when it's over, I'm like third string all of a sudden and right. I'm out the league. Right. You know, and that's real. Right. And, and that goes for, you know, almost everybody when they first come in the league or even playing football, even in college. You, when you're playing football, and you mentioned this earlier about, you know, you know you're joking kind of but about, oh, you chose this. Well, at a certain point, they you know you do choose it, and it's and it's mostly because you don't you probably don't feel like you have options, or you you probably feel like this is the only way I can make this much money, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go ahead and and choose this lifestyle no matter what. Well, yeah, which is sort of real. I mean, if you look at a lot of you know black guys, you know young black men in America, and get an opportunity to, to earn you know like you know fifteen million a year. Mm-hmm. It, there is this Faustian pact. You said, well, you know, <laughs> what, what am I yeah. going to do? I mean, am I going to, you know, am I going to pass it up? Mm-hmm. And then I'm not going to make that. That's more money than probably people in my entire right. lives have made. So maybe with the money I make, just give me, make sure I get some good care down the road. <laughs> right, right. Put me in a good home. <laughs> so, so let's just, so you were born in Queens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you went to Yale undergrad. Mm-hmm. But then you also went to Yale 
medical school. Medical right. school as well. Yeah, I knew a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> just, stayed. just stay there. Let me ride this out. You know, where did your where did your sisters go? They all go. Um, uh, yeah, everyone was pretty much in the Northeast. Uh, we uh, we split up for college. Everybody felt that it was time to you know. Uh, be on their own uh, at this point. So uh, Sam uh, went to Harvard mm-hmm. undergrad, and then uh, Heather went to Princeton. Okay, wow. This is like, I'm a ch- Jesus. <laughs> Everybody here is just like, some serious, those are some serious triplets. Right <laughs> Harvard, <laughs> Yale, Princeton. Yeah, well, wow. Yeah. You know, uh, and um, where do we go after that? <laughs> so, so who, 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 who brags? The, who wins right. the bragging uh, right. in terms of colleges? I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a bragger. I'm, I'm a very humble person. You know those, Har- those Harvard people. You know they can be. Well, you know, if you if you didn't go to Harvard, you didn't go to college. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, there's no, there's no brag. I, you know, because the there's no brag too much. Yeah. Yeah, what do you have yeah. to say? So, so you went to. Um, when did you decide that? Uh, once you decided you were going to be a doctor, mm-hmm. now w- were your parents doctors? I mean, what? what yeah, my you... father's a doctor, and uh, so that was a big influence. And uh, so, I think the decision to go into medicine was a pretty early one, and then just deciding what to do after that. And um, you know, I'm lucky; I had some uh, terrific role models in medical school and uh, people who took an interest in me and help kind of guide me. And so uh, I think, you know, when you're deciding what you want to do in medicine, you just, a lot of it is very subjective. You figure out what your personality style is like, what you enjoy doing. And um, I, you know, my family tells me that from a very early age, I liked putting things together, Mm. sometimes taking them apart and then Mm. putting them together. Mm. And so I was able to find something uh, to do medically that you know allows you to allows me to think in those ways and um, many of the um, uh, trauma cases that we see are just like it's like putting a puzzle back together so mm, I wow. enjoy that so what um, so so that's why you, how you decided to get into mm-hmm. uh, to fate well specifically I, I keep saying cosmetic it's not cosmetic some it's, I mean some of it is but the um, m- most of what I do um, involves helping people who, have developed an injury or have some other um, issue that requires kind of reconstruction. So like we were talking about facial trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the other big areas of interest of mine is um, helping children that are born with congenital problems. So Mm -hmm. like cleft lip and palate's a big Mm -hmm. one. Um, I I help take care of patients who, um, uh, you know, they've had skin cancers on their face removed, mm. and you've got to put that back together. So those mm. kinds of things. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, but so as a sports fan, I mean, every single day, mm-hmm. if you're watching an NFL Sunday or a, even an NBA, yeah. I mean, it's not a day go by, not a day goes by when either somebody's getting their um, like like Rip Hamilton, you get your mm-hmm. your, your, f- your face exploded, right. or the <laughs> NFL, you get. I mean, there's always some some uh, you know some trauma sure. to the face. Have you ever dealt with any athletes at all? Um, I haven't had the privilege of taking care of any pro athletes. I have, um, you know, my current position, uh, so I work at SUNY Downstate Medical Center in Brooklyn, and um, we, you know, I would say that most of the facial trauma that's related to sports is is actually are not pro athletes. They're either um, folks that are involved in athletics recreationally, right? So, you know, a very common scenario is um, a group of friends who get together for like a pickup game of basketball and Mm. an elbow goes into the eye. Mm. Or uh, like soccer is another one, you know, Mm. headbutt or fall, Mm. um, softball, you know, ball hitting face things like that so a lot of the patients that i see are they're not pro athletes they're but they're athletes and um or um uh, kids that are like involved in high school sports and things like that but what's what's the most common uh injury that that you see with with these young athletes involved in the faith yeah yeah, can it be prevented well first well right probably the most common uh sports related fracture that i see is a nasal fracture so you know like they take a blow to the center of the face, and um, there you go. So that's a common one. It's uh, luckily it's 
pretty easily treated. And not all of these injuries need to be treated. Um, you know, there are some fractures of the face which you can just watch and they'll heal and be okay. You have to give it time to heal. Uh, which means you can't rush right back to sports. Right. Um, and that's a whole other conversation, right, about how yeah. much time off you need. Yeah, yeah. Um, but And some of these fractures will need surgery um, in different types, whether it's you know involving types of hardware that you would put in. So nasal fractures are probably the most common. And then after that, um, either like eye socket fractures are out there and then jaw, lower jaw fractures would be the next. Right, and we, yeah. and we were talking off air about you know how the face is the part of the head yeah obviously that's right. it's obvious but we don't think about right. it like that but so you know facial trauma can cause a concussion oh sure. right even if you know if it's the nose mm-hmm. and i would assume also the chin because you see that a lot in football mm. oh, yes. with a helmet you know uh-huh. some, the helmet gets underneath the other right. players because that's not chin. Protect, right that's right. just a chin right. strap right. there and then, yeah. and then a concussion results from that mm-hmm. so i mean do you see that um in your practice at all well so uh, that is a great question because i think you know, as we were talking about earlier, awareness is um, much better than it used to be. And I think all of us are thinking more, you know, like you can't find a problem if you don't ask about it. So I think we're all more sensitized. You're right. I mean, the the bones of the face are designed to protect your head, right? (laughs) They're designed to absorb forces so that they don't get transmitted to up here, which is, you know, that's the priority. Right. so you have to imagine that it's not a fail-proof system and right. that you're, some of that energy is going to get transmitted up. Uh, we have to ask. We've got to ask about, it's not, and I think we realize it's not just about a total loss of consciousness, right? I mean, that used to, that would be what I would ask people. Right. Did you lose consciousness? Hmm. I think we realize that patients aren't the best reporters of that, you know? you got to ask, was someone else around who saw right. it, you know? Um, and there are better scales of um, symptoms to ask about to know if there's been, you know, like a closed head injury. And we right. have to think about those things. Yeah. So, so what's your bottom line? I mean, what's your recommendation? I mean, if you had children mm-hmm. uh, and, and to you, those, you know, people, you, the, the, you're your friends who have children mm-hmm. and they're trying to, they're, they're starting to get into this business, uh, starting to get into sports. Right. What's your, what's your, um, do you tell them, don't, by all means, just do not play football or yeah. do not, you know, what, what's your, knowing what you know, I mean, you see these cracked heads and cracked, you know, eye sockets and mm-hmm. noses out of joint. Where do you fall on this? I think, uh, you know, not to hedge. <laughs> it's it's a tough question to answer. I mean, I think uh, you've got to, well, first of all, if you're going to do it, uh, you've got to be protected, and I, I, I see protection as more than just the helmet. You've right. the people that are supervising mm. these kids, their coaches, have to be on board with that uh, philosophy. You know, can't be like, you know, play at all costs kind of mentality. Like that's got to go. I mean, this is mm. not at, this is not pro anything. This is kids having a good time learning how to be on teams get along and and that's what it should be about at the end of the day so i think if um if that's not where the the coaches are uh where kids are concerned then that's not the right team or whatever um i think it's a hard question i'll be honest uh i don't know yes or no i mean i I don't i I don't know (laughs) i I think I would, I think I would probably steer them toward less high impact sports. Like tennis. Tennis. (laughs) (laughs) Did Did you play sports? Uh, Not so much. I play a little tennis. I actually enjoy it, Uh, but not a lot of sports in um, like middle school or high school. I actually, and I've said this to Bill before. I actually. That's one thing I wish I had done, because mm. I think there are so many important lessons that you learn from being involved, particularly in team sports. And I actually told, uh, Bill was nice enough to invite me to uh, come speak to a, a yeah. group of kids that he mentors. And um, I, one of the things that I told him, because they he introduced me as a doctor, and I, I could see kind of like the blank looks <laughs> around the room. <laughs> so I tried to talk about things that I thought would 
resonate with them. And one of the things I said was some of the best doctors that I know had significant sports experience in their lives. I mean, that's because you learn a lot of character lessons in, in team sports. You learn, you know, how to be a team player. If you can't be a team player, like you're you're gonna have a hard time being a good doctor. You have to right. know how to work with others. You right. gotta sometimes learn how to put the group before your own interest. Hmm. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice in medical training. You gotta, you have to be at work when everybody else is out, you know, at a party, you're, you're working at, on a Saturday night. It sometimes means like missing holidays and things with your family, so. It, it involves, you know, just like a lot of like elite athletes, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into right. getting to be elite like so many of these incredible mm. athletes. And so I think if you even have an understanding of that, um, it can make you a fantastic physician. And that, that's interesting, too, but that raises a little a bit of a conundrum because obviously when you're saying you would try to steer them away from high impact sports there's no bigger team sport than football i know you learn a lot and i, I played know. high school football <laughs> basketball all that yeah. stuff and football you just have so many guys so many people you have to get along mm-hmm. with it's you, so you true. know so many people you have to depend on if you're on offense you depend on the right. defense and all that kind of stuff so you i felt like you and socially in school you you, yeah. you get fr- you know more friends more guys no on the you're team. right there so th- right here's the conundrum there's so there's so <laughs> many like there's so many upsides right like you're saying you learn how to bond with people you learn how to work with people that you might not like you got i mean i think we've all to me a lot of what's interesting in sports are the like the subtext you know the people who could be fantastic athletes but like things in their personal lives get right. in their way, right. right? You know, we could think of 10 people, right? right? Um, so, you're, you know, you're so right. I agree with you 100%. Here's the difference, though. You save people's lives. Athletes, at the end of the day, are kind of morons. I mean, we're not, you know, you're not saving anybody's lives. I mean, you're, That's harsh, Bill. <laughs> this is Bill Roden on sports. <laughs> I'm not making this shit up. You know, you've seen it. Are you kidding me? Right. I'm not going to even mention some names. No, don't. Tell me, don't this make, guy. No this, names, this, no names. This, <laughs> this guy is a, is a treasure of humanity? Come on, we can go down the list. But you you save lives. And, and just think, for anybody out there that's listening, unlike, you know, you go to your shrink. Mm-hmm. Your, your 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 lawyer may try to keep you out of prison, uh, but your doctor, you put so much, I mean, so many people put their lives in your hands, whether it's something mm-hmm. to face, I mean, remember, I remember going under, you know, you're going to, under, under the anest, uh, anesthesia, mm-hmm. and this, the last thing you see is the doctor, yeah. before you go under, is okay, right. please let me wake up, <laughs> right. And, and, right. and how happy you are <laughs> when you wake up and you see the doctor's face, mm-hmm. and all that, I mean, so that's, that's a big deal. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, right? I mean, it Thank is a big you. deal, right? Mm-hmm. That's, you know. It feels like, a, it doesn't feel like it, you know, it's a, it's a huge responsibility. I think I feel, most of the physicians that I know feel, you know, very humbled by it and feel very grateful when a patient comes to them and puts their faith and trust in them. Like, I feel very honored by that, so. And you mm-hmm. went to school for a long time. Yeah, that's me. It, it, it uh, went by like lightning. Really? How, how long, how long <laughs> well, no, was it? <laughs> from from post to post, how long was it? Uh, let's see. Starting from where? Get ready, College? Bill. Get ready Starting for this. Co- uh, so like, I'm like, like looking at. She sent me a I know, CV. I need a, I need a calculator. Said, I'm like, she has enough education on here for like everybody in this room. <laughs> I mean, no. So let's let's just say for the time you stepped yeah. on the Yale campus mm-hmm. until the time you what like was, could really take care of patients on my own. Yeah. Right. Uh, so let's see, it's four years of college, four years of medical school, and then once you're done with medical school, you have to do a residency, right? So you, um, it's like in law school, like when, you, when you're done times, with law times school. Times 12. Yeah, no, 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 but wait, <laughs> when you're in law school, you go and you work for a firm or something like that, that's when you right. really learn how to right. practice what you've learned. Right. So, and that's what residency is for physicians, and so depending on your specialty, it can be, Three years, it can be. And you're a surgeon. More. Yeah, so like mm. my training was um, like another. See, it's another six years. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm starting to regret answering this question. So wait, people are going to do the four, math. Like, four, how old is six. Oh, wait, no, but that's you started four, when you were so, 10. That's right. right. I was a G, a prodigy. Right. Right. But I mean, are you. So that's 14 a, and counting so, so far, I think. Yeah. Somebody may call. Somebody may. Yeah. 
What's, what's your Twitter handle? Because somebody may call and say yeah, they may ask you out for a date. Um, or something. I I am sad to say that I don't have a Twitter. Oh, oh you got to get on there. Facebook. Facebook. I mean, how could you? I have on Facebook, but not on Twitter. Right. Right. Well, look, I, I want to stay here because two things. You were talking about the team, mm-hmm. and when, when we watch these, um, all the the medical shows. Oh. And, I, and I always look at the when the doctors are around the patient. Sure. To me, that is a team. That's 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 it's totally one hundred percent. That's absolute teamwork, right? Right. I mean, who do we have around the the table? Well, and, so and that's a great like question, chief, right? You know, it's it is so much like that. You know, and just like we'll go back to the football analogy when you have someone who's very ill, like critically ill, and you know you've seen where there are like ten people around right. them in the ER holding bay, and uh, right, yeah, and so like any team, you know, there's got to be a quarterback of yes. that team, right? It, otherwise, it's chaos. Right. There's got to be one person who's like leading the charge, who says, "All right, we're going to do this first. Mm. This is this," and then that quarterback then designates who will do what like who's Mm. going to take this hand you know so it's very much like that and um so take us through that i mean how often uh, have you been the quarterback don't say you've been like the guard you're like no no No, i mean it happens so you know it it obviously once you're uh done with all your training and things like that and you're attending you're more likely to be the quarterback than if you're a resident things like that um you know, every pretty much every time I'm in the operating room, I'm the quarterback. So I Uh-oh. never really thought Uh-oh. about it that way. That's kind of cool. Are you Peyton Manning or Tom Brady <laughs> you, or you, Russell Wilson? Are you Cam? I, I'm going to say you, Russell you Wilson do? because do he's my Do you do dances favorite. after you're done? No, I, do, I don't have an end zone dance. <laughs> All right. But maybe I should get one. Uh, <laughs> that's a great idea. Then, then get a Twitter I and you're on your way. Who would you be if you... You, so you heard that she just suddenly said that I, I'm kind of the quarterback. Okay? <laughs> so who are you? Would you be Cam Newton? Are you are you Tom Brady? Or I mean, because there are there are different types of there sure are right? yes there are right. you know and so that's another great kind of link is that there are different rolling, leadership rolling styles course, right yeah. there are different leadership right, styles exactly. and so um, you hear people talk a lot about because I think about this on a coaching level mm. that's also something that's interesting to me like you brought up Tom Brady so mm. you hear all these things about Bill Belichick did you, did you and uh, did you have, like, I didn't say that are, yeah, artificial uh, <laughs> artificial what do you call it the clamps no the clamps, the clamps well, we, we don't should, do you, that you should cheat do whatever it takes <laughs> right. Right, but, but no that. but you think about leadership <laughs> style and because one of the things um, one of my jobs because I work in a medical school, involves teaching medical students and helping to train residents. And you have to think of ways to teach them to model good behavior, to model ethical behavior and things like that. So I think about that often. And when I'm watching sports, I actually think about, you know, how, because you talk about leaders of teams, right? And I I don't think that comes just by someone being designated a quarterback, right? Yeah, because if that yeah, were the yeah. case, um, there would be some different outcomes on, right? You know, I think Tom Brady is the leader of his team because people respect him right. deeply, right? right? You know, he's got probably the best work ethic on the team, all this stuff. Um, same thing for other athletes on other, you know, Kobe Bryant, same thing. I think from what I hear, he has the most incredible work ethic of like probably oh, any probably. athlete out there. You yeah. know, he's he's the first one there, the last one to leave. He's always trying to make himself better, and I admire that tremendously. So, because this is a fascinating thing, because I, I do, uh, I'm fascinated by those operating the the, the, the shows ER, mm-hmm. and they show everybody around <laughs> and stuff, right, right. you know, and somebody taking charge. Everybody's got a role. Right. And, and and I guess you have to learn. And communication to be a is key. Yeah. It's key. Like if people are not on the same page, it's you know, it's a problem. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you inside the games we love. This is Bill Roden on sports. Uh, what's been the the, the biggest um, uh, uh, I guess save if if that's mm-hmm. if that's the case since you've been doing this is is it been something that stands out where you may have really saved somebody's life or could have been uh, just a serious facial injury what's sort of been the the, the biggest uh, save you've had oh, that's a good question um, 
I, I want to ask you the other part. <laughs> oh, no, I know where you're going. That's we'll the flip keep, side no, we'll of that. Keep, no, we'll just keep this on the upbeat. Keep it positive. <laughs> uh, no, you know, I think, um, well, I'll answer it this way. One of the things that you, you realize pretty quickly is that um, when patients have some of these types of injuries, you know, these are, these bones of your face are protecting vital organs, right? We talked about the brain. One of the other issues is, you know, when you have an eye sacrifice, fracture, it's protecting your eye. Mm. Like, imagine what happens to you if you don't get prompt, adequate treatment of an orbit fracture. Mm. Um, and from an athlete standpoint, even a small amount of, like, vision issue or, um, you know, vision loss that could come from an untreated injury or uh, there are things that can happen to you where your vision isn't exactly even, so you can have something called double vision. Um, if you don't get treated, that's a career ender, mm-hmm. right? And the so the the level of kind of um, treatment that people need, depending on what they do, like an athlete, like can't tolerate even like a very small amount of problem that maybe for me, I might be able, well, not me, but someone else who doesn't need their vision so much, uh, it would be a huge, huge deal. So that's what I'm thinking about when I'm taking care of patients like this. And that feels like a, a save because you've maybe saved someone's vision or things like that. Yeah, you, you almost, uh, you said you almost got Geno Smith. Uh, no, no, uh, no, I didn't say that. I just said that it, the kind of injury that he has <laughs> is one that I take sorry. care of pretty often. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'd be honored to take care of Gina Smith. You should have lobbied. How do we get her a job? That's the next thing. We want to get you a job with the with the Jets, or, okay. well, maybe not the Giants, maybe. <laughs> or, or I mean, would, would that be a dream job for you to to be the doctor or the? Uh, what would that What would that position be if you were well? With a team? I, that's a good question. I don't know exactly, but I, I think what ends up happening um, on many teams is that they have. So they have what you were describing, which is they have um, clinicians that are right there with the team all times, and that's that can be physicians, trainers, other folks. Um, and then, but when an athlete has a more serious injury, then they're, I think they have team doctors who are the go-to person for that team. And there are, um, you know, hospitals right here in Manhattan who are the T or the, like the hospital for say the Jets or the Giants. And so those surgeons are the ones that get called when uh, an athlete has an injury and things like that. Mm-hmm. So. Before we leave this very fascinating uh, thing, um, what you know, one thing that really blows me away is I thought you were going there a couple minutes ago. Somebody will have like Gino. He'll mm-hmm. have this, and and what will what will deck most of us for like three years? Because mm-hmm. well, we expect him to be out for uh, a week. Uh-huh. You know, somebody like breaks their leg or knee right, or something like yeah. that. Is it simply because and and as well, so and so broke his neck, but he'll be back <laughs> in three three weeks. I'm like, what is it? I mean, is it just uh-huh. that athletes just are in better condition and they come back, or are mm, they like pigs and, co- and cows and they just basically shoot them? I mean, why? What is it about about the athletes that can mm-hmm. come back quicker from stuff that would take us forever? Well, I think uh, you know, for the lower extremity issues, you know, that an orthopedic surgeon would take care of. I think what you first said is absolutely right. I mean, these are people whose job it is to keep themselves in prime physical condition, right? So um, they're, you're, you're working with folks who are young, right, healthy, um, take good care of themselves, and those are factors that play a real big role in healing, right? You know, they don't... Mm. They're, they have good diets, they have good nutrition, they're not smokers. These are all things that make it harder for you to heal. They're, you know, when mm-hmm. you have other comorbidities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's a big part of it, that they are able to heal faster because they're in better shape. Um, and then, of course, they're getting the best, best, best medical. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, any, anyone who would seek this care out would get great care. But, I mean, they're getting immediate care. There are no delays in their mm-hmm. care. They're getting you know, fantastic medical attention. So, mm-hmm. are you happy with Obamacare? I mean, that, that's another. Show. <laughs> oh no, that's like another three hours of talking. <laughs> no, it just, just kind of came to me because, <laughs> you know, random. I mean, but again, if you're if you're an athlete on the team, you don't have to really worry about this. exactly right. You get hurt and it's taken care of. Well, yeah, you know? no, it just it's so interesting to me because you hear. 
you know, the athlete, they get hurt and they're getting an MRI like that right. night or yep. the next right. day. No, it's in the locker it's just, room. it's immediate, right. right. It's right. immediate access. And right. so it's it's a true, it's a blessing in a way. Yeah. Healthcare. Yes. Great healthcare. They call it fattened frogs for the snakes, right? You know, you gotta keep, you know. But um, what, um, okay, that is a graceful way to get into our other thing. It, okay. uh, we we want to talk about some of the hot news. Speaking, I don't know how you segue from this to LeBron James just signing a... Who also broke his nose, by the oh, way. Oh, that's And right. had to wear that face mask. Tell me about that. Thank, yeah. thank you, Sydney, for You're bringing welcome. us back to this. Um, I, tell, I pay attention to these things when they happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about yeah. these guys. What do you think about those masks? I mean... We were talking about that. What do you think? Yeah. I, I, I mean, this should really work. So, you know, we were talking earlier about... They look uh, awful. They, they, are unco- they do look uncomfortable. That's one of the complaints. Um, I was researching a little bit more on this uh, over the last couple of days. So I think the first person who really popularized this was Richard Hamilton, right. who was a point guard for yep. the Pistons, yep. another fantastic athlete. I was a big mm-hmm. fan of his. And he broke his nose, I think. Yeah. And so he wanted to, I think they were in the midst of the playoffs. It was that run of theirs. So he wanted to get back playing soon. Uh, I don't know if he had surgery or not, but he wore the mask, which I think it's generally made of uh, like hard plastic. Uh, so that if he someone were to get close to him again, there was like a barrier between him and a blow or something like that. You're right. I think the complaint is that they're they're hard to wear. They're uncomfortable. It's, I think people feel level. like yeah. it's a different Affect feeling. Affect your vision, maybe. Yeah, right. Uh, but here's the thing, though. They're they're they have to be custom made because it's got to fit your face pretty well. So there's a uh, there's time to get that done. I, it probably helps you get back to playing sooner. Uh, so that you don't have to wait so, so many weeks. So that's a lot of games to miss. Um, I know uh, patients ask me about them when they come in, you know, like, do I need to wear? After, you've, you after you've healed, you don't have to wear it. I, I don't know the exact number, but I it's got to be really be cheap, expensive. Right? right, because remember, you've got to go in. They have to make a mold of your face, mm. and then they make this for you. Mm. Uh, so imagine. You know, so if you're kind of like some kid, I mean, if you don't, your parents don't have a lot of money. No, right. Not right. Then you're not going to get the mask. Right, you know? and I don't think it's covered by you insurance. Can, you, can make, so. <laughs> you can have a paper mache one. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Something like that. That's right. Or you go to, you, yeah. Go uh, to the art store. <laughs> yeah, like, get, get some yeah. plaster. Yeah. Listen, um, uh, have you been following Golden State? Uh, the Golden I have. State they're Warriors? still undefeated. Yes. They're still, as we speak today, twenty-three and zero. Amazing. It is. So, 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 my question is, if they finish the season, mm-hmm. if, if they win another championship, yeah, right, back to back, and they break the Chicago Bulls record for the most wins in the season, do we call them the best team in NBA history? Do you think do they become the best team in NBA history? I mean, they're the best regular season team in NBA history. I mean, the numbers are the numbers. No, but I mean, they have to finish. They have to finish. If they finish, if they if they win the NBA championship this year, right? And if they break the Chicago Bulls record of, of the of the best, do we now call them the best in in the history of the NBA? They are the best team in the history of the NBA. Well, Doctor I, I don't know. <laughs> Just what's your gut? Uh, well, I think those are two things that are very hard to accomplish. You know, and going back to football, the Patriots couldn't do it in that you know the year that they won That's right. everything, but then they lost the Super Bowl to the Giants, um, which is why I guess like the seventy-two Dolphins are always like, yeah, right. this is really hard to do. Mercury. Hard to do. Mercury. That's right. Mercury ready cracked the champagne. <laughs> right. Every, after every loss, when the team finally they how, how old is he now? Oh, Mercury? Yeah. Mercury Morris has got to be like, uh, what, 70? Something uh, now. Producer, producer Pat will, will hook us up. But no, they, I mean, <laughs> just, is your, I, I was thinking about this. Are they the best team? Um, uh, are they better than those Bulls? If they if they went back to back and they, and they, Pat, you're shaking your head. You don't think so? No. They'll just be the team with the best regular season record. No, no. But, what if they, they win? The, what if they win the championship? What if they win the championship? And they they go well, the, back to back and they right, and they break the Bulls' record. I think uh, I don't know. you know uh, if yes. they win, I mean, because well, because when you look at the Bulls, we also don't we also like, look at what they did for three seasons, right? So we're not even just looking at we don't go into and say oh they're night. Well, some people do. You could say oh what what 
team, the 91-92 team, was that the best team ever? But when we think Bulls, we're thinking, oh, they, they won three championships twice, right? right? So this mm. would be back-to-back for Golden State. So, no, they wouldn't be that collection of Bulls yet. But if you wanted to just dissect it in terms of one year, they might be. Well, yeah. I mean, I, again, we've had this conversation before. I like people who've done stuff over, like, a period of 10 years. Mm. Or, or in this mm-hmm. case, let's forget 10 years, like five years. You know, and I don't want to be hard on the Golden State Warriors, you know, yes, you do. It, yeah, I guess I do. I do probably because I have been. Um, but you know, I've heard people say, "Well, if they do this, then they're the best team ever." And I'm like, "Well, I mean, they're clearly they'd be a best team, but I don't know if they're the best team ever." That is, the, it's different eras. Well, you know? yes, we don't, right. we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know how you feel about the competition level now compared to when the Bulls were playing or before that. You know, what do you, what do you think? You think well, the competition was tougher when Michael was doing? No, I think it? that the competition always gets better. I mean, it's, right. it's kind of like, do you think, do you think doctors, physicians today, are better today than they were? Even ten years ago, uh, because because of because question. of everything. I mean, there's yeah. probably some equipment right, right. that you've got the technology education that you've got now right. that, you, that you never right. You're right. right. It's not almost not a fair comparison. It's not fair right. to compare me to someone who like didn't have antibiotics or, or MRI right or MRI <laughs> or things like that. that. But here's the flip side of that, though. So we do have a lot more tools. We're able to diagnose more rapidly. Um, obviously. The accessibility to those tools can can vary, right? right? Based on where you are, where you, where you live, all that thing. But um, I, the, the flip side is that sometimes when you have more tools, your your clinical acumen can all get a little bit softer, right? Because you've got mm. tools that can. When you didn't have those tools, you had to be a much right. more like astute clinician. You had to be able to put your hands on someone mm. and try to figure out what was going on without having a CT scanner readily available mm. and things like that. So the, that's the flip side of having more. Right. It's yeah. like the drum machine. Now musicians, right. they, like this is a drum machine. <laughs> yes, no, so they have a drum machine as opposed to right. kind like, of knowing right. how to keep time. And right. now, well, don't worry about that. Here's a drum machine. Mm-hmm. It's, like, Not, yeah. it's like Google. You know, we yes. used to have to go look that up and right. read. Right, no one knows what an encyclopedia is anymore. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Pat, did you get us that number about, uh, who's it? Mercury, Mercury Morris? Yeah. 68. Okay, 68. still yeah. a young man. January 5th, so he's coming up to 69, 69 <laughs> next month. I'm sure that's good news for him. Yeah. But, um, but you know, we were talking about LeBron again. I mean, we were talking about the Golden State Wars and are they the best of all time. The real winner is LeBron James. You know, everybody's talking about, oh, the Golden State Well, no, the real winner is LeBron James, who signs this lifetime contract with Nike that some people say that over the course of, I guess when he's 70, it'll be worth like a billion dollars. Right. You know, which is phenomenal. But then I'm thinking, if they can pay, if they can afford, I'm sure they've had people in the room mm-hmm. that's charged this out. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they're not going to just say, you know, we're going to go broke. <laughs> but, you know, they're saying, you know what, this is how much we're going to pay. And it's probably a bargain. Hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, the, the numbers sound for me for most of us. I mean, you know, you, you hear that number. You said, "Well, it's going to be a great Christmas in the James family." This, <laughs> right. This, this I mean, I, I always I always wonder about the long, really long term contracts um, because you got to figure LeBron James is worth, you know, his marketability and all that stuff. At least for the while he's playing, is going to go up every year, hmm. right? So he has to be giving up something. Uh, in order, you know, for a lifetime deal, and it stays the same. You know, you're make it's a set amount that you're making. Um, so, but at the, you know, on, on the other end, it's you know, he might get injured or anything could happen. So he's but protecting he's still himself. Signed. Right. You know, I mean, is it, is it a safer safer bet, Sydney? I mean, we talked to kid like you did come up and you talked mm-hmm. to uh, the kids, mm-hmm. and and they're. If you would have asked them in that gym, who would want to be a pro athlete? Of course. Yeah, a lot of hands went up. Yeah, you know, but. When you think about being a lawyer, being a, a, a doctor, do you think long term mm-hmm. that's probably just better? Um, I mean, you spend a lot of time on the front end. Yeah, you know, you that's a lot true. of a lot of bills, a lot of yes. education. But do you think in the long term that it's, be, it's, it's basically a better long term deal? Well, or do you um, become a journalist like I that? mean, 
I don't know what the numbers are, what the average like lifetime of even an NFL athlete is. I think it's pretty short. Very. I want to say like five years. Right. You know, because we think of people like Peyton Manning, who's 40, or Tom Brady, who's going to be 40, and they're the exception. Right. right. And even then, they're done at 40. Right, 40. which is like he's going like to live start, another. He's going to live another forty of most years, careers. right? right. Yes. Like, you're, like, like you're, you're not, you're not yet forty. Uh, you're, you're not yet forty. So when you reach that point, <laughs> when you reach that point, I'm giving you a break here. When you, <laughs> Thank when, you. When you reach that point, just think about it. your your life is just as a doctor and even as an attorney. Mm-hmm. Your life is really just be, you're, just yes. kind of just beginning. Right. right, right. You know, when you're an athlete, it's kind of over. And I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's better, um, but it's easier. Or not, not e- but easier in terms of more likely to happen, you know, because just on the stats, yeah, based on, the, on the stats, on the stats. What, yeah. what being and the based on the um, the number of opportunities available. What, you know, being a doctor, set, or being an athlete, doctor, lawyer, being compared lawyer. to an athlete, really? Uh, yeah, I mean, think, I mean, how many teams? How many? So? There are a certain number of NBA teams and a certain number of spots. They're not, you can't say that what for about, lawyers or doctors. Well, there, there's a glut of attorneys. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously, if you you grew up, I mean, you're different. Your 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 dad was a doctor. What did your mom do? Uh, she's a social worker. Social worker. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so if somebody let's just look at this. Somebody told you, you know, a young, you know, African American, you know, child in yeah. Queens and brought said that okay, you're going to be end up being a surgeon, mm-hmm. and you take another kid who they say okay, you're going to end up being a professional basketball player mm. which do you think and we're talking about black kids mm-hmm. because as we all know the odds <laughs> right they're deep yeah. um what's the most what do you think is the most unlikely to be that young black kid growing up in the bronx or manhattan or brooklyn saying you're going to be a surgeon mm-hmm. or uh, this black kid you're going to end up being a professional athlete meaning either right, over, right. overseas I'm not just talking about just the NBA, yeah, you overseas, mean Canada, making money, yeah, right, yeah. being an athlete. What do you think is, is the, given the given the money that you got to spend, okay. the education? Right. Uh, well, the way I would answer that is, so to me, the, the path to a career in medicine or law or some of these other types of professions, it's more predictable. To my mind, to become a pro athlete, there are there's so much more that it takes to be successful, right? You gotta have the really? right mentorship early. You can't get injured. You get an injury, that's it. Okay, no matter what point by point. Okay. Right mentorship. Right. But you need a mentorship. If you're that's right. Doctor, yeah, those right. are the right, exactly. So that's that's, that's true for, for so right. many things, right. right? So that's a wash. Right, right. So mentorship is a wash. The second thing is well, injury. Right. So I mean that's certainly true. I mean, if I were to get injured, I couldn't do what I do, but um, in sports, an injury is much more likely because it's part of what you do. Right, so, right exactly. Um, so I think that's part of it. And then... Hard work. And it's both require hard work, no doubt about it. And then there's that kind of like not tangible factor of the talent, right? And where does that come from? It, so much of talent is just hard work, like right. repetition practice, right? You know, I think... When, I, when you think of an athlete like Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant and people, they want I almost feel like they're minimizing their greatness by saying, oh, he's like a natural born talent. No, right. he works incredibly hard. Like right. you, you can have natural born anything. If you don't practice and you don't work hard, you will never get to that level. Right. So I, I, I find now, that, that I find that insulting to, right. to right. some of these athletes. They work incredibly hard. Um, but but uh, but what about yeah. the doctor? The, uh, the same again. We're talking about two people, same age, mm-hmm. right? Uh, fourteen, or right. thirteen, fourteen, and so we've talked about mentorship as a wash. You both yeah. need mentorship. Injury. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. athletics right. is, is uh, it's almost a hundred percent injury mm-hmm. right. that you got. So the thing is, they need you, the doctor, yeah. to help keep them going. <laughs> yeah. uh, next thing, hard work. Right. So equal, equal, equal. Yeah. Right. Now, what about the gift? Are, are some doctors more gifted? And surgeons more gifted than others, or sure, really, mm-hmm. okay, just like in sports, really. Mm-hmm. In what way? I mean, some people just see you just combinations yes. of. Mm-hmm. Some, I mean, in just like in sports, uh, you in a list of those people, I can't. I can get a list of those people <laughs> when, when you get a what little you when you're not feeling good. <laughs> he's he's a natural. <laughs> no, it's, just, yeah. it's like there are. Right. It's true in any profession when you have a vision. 
um, that allows you to kind of see things in relation, like surgery is, is, it's understandable how that would translate. But just people who have come up with innovations in medicine, like they had to have a vision Mm. of thinking about doing it a way that hadn't been done before. Um, So that's, and where does that come from? I don't think anyone understands that completely. And also like a feel for the game, Mm -hmm. I think is part of it. Right, yeah. In any any profession, but we always talk about it in sports, like, you know, high basketball IQ or whatever. Mm It's a feel for the game. You just—it's just an innate feeling. Like if you're a good passer, like you just—you right. just and know where people are. Don't you feel like some of that can come from early exposure? So, like if you think of the Manning family, right? Mm-hmm. Is it an accident that all no. their three sons, right? The only reason the other one isn't in pro sports is because he had a college injury, yeah. right? Yeah. Their father was right. A quarterback right. mm-hmm. yeah, so your he father was a doctor yeah my, yeah, my father was a lawyer right mm-hmm. do you <laughs> see so actually this is i've been th- i was thinking about this as i was you were asking me about like athletes that i like and i'm a fan of and i think one of the things that all those athletes have in common is they have strong family ties mm-hmm. like you asked me about like steph curry who i'm a big fan of his family mm-hmm. is obviously a big part of his life. They're involved in his games. His father was a basketball player. Um, Another basketball player and big fan was Chris Paul. Same reason. Mm -hmm. He's got North Carolina roots like I have. Mm -hmm. And uh, he talks about how important his grandparents were in his life. And, um, you know, so all those things, they they set the stage early, you know, before school Mm -hmm. for the way you think about your life and like the vision you have for your life. Yeah. Okay, so because I'm interested. So okay, so so far we've got our little checklist mm-hmm. of this ten year old person. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, what about access to education? Right. Now, to yeah. me, I would almost argue that the young black kid mm-hmm. who is who's ten years old. Okay. Now, let's say I mean you went to Yale. Mm-hmm. Let's say this other kid would want to go to, you know, North Carolina or yeah. or Georgetown sure. to get on that track. Now, whose path will be easier toward education? The, the kids are going to be a doctor, you know, you're going to really have to come up with some money or something like that. If this yeah. kid is really talented, there are going to be a bunch of people recruiting him to go to Georgetown, North Carolina, right. New Mexico, where I don't know if you will be as pursued if you are this kid and you want to be a doctor. Right. Right? Right. I don't know. So maybe maybe the the, the person, the 10-year-old who's got the athletic, see, the black kid, we're talking about black kids okay. because this is Bill Roden on sports we talk about <laughs> race all the time. <laughs> but but if, you, again, you're a young black kid yeah. and you want to be a doctor, but you're a young black kid and you suddenly sprout up to like right, six. you have a growth spurt, who yeah. is going to, who, Which of those two are going to be the most heavily pursued mm-hmm. to get on this track that we're talking about to end up? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I would say about that? is that um, there are many paths to, educational paths to get to a career in medicine or career in law that don't involve massive amounts of educational debt. And, Mm. um, you know, I think that I made a choice about a school that I got accepted to and decided to go there. And, uh, you know, my family encouraged me to do that. Um, and supported me, and I had have no regrets about making that choice. I have educational debt that you know I'm still taking care of, but um, I feel like all in all that that's a choice that I made, um, and I'm happy to have done it. And but it's I'm dealing with that choice. Uh, but you don't have to do that um, to get a great education, become a physician. Um, hmm. So. You know, I think that to me, when it comes to mentorship and how people are kind of directed in life, because that's what you're getting at a little bit too, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. what are kids told about what their options are, right? right. Are, right. Are, are kids equally encouraged mm-hmm. to go into certain professions as others? And I think to me, the one, uh, the only thing that I regret is that um, any kid who's t- talented and smart, they should the full menu should be put in front exactly, of them, right? Exactly, exactly. And exactly. They, yeah. should, they should then make the choice, but they shouldn't be directed a certain way, one way or the other. Like, they shouldn't be directed away from a career in medicine because someone has an idea about what type of profession they should be in. Right. That, right. I think, is regrettable. Right. And, and I, I, sometimes I see that, remember the story of the guy Robert Smith went to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be a doctor. And mm-hmm. the coach was like, wait a minute, that, that didn't mm-hmm. fit into 
Right. That doesn't fit into this. Yeah. That's too much time. You right. re, you need to go to another school. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's. The thing. I mean, but you know, I mean, there's a point to that too. I mean, you, if you wanted to, you'd have to choose a direction because if you wanted to be a lawyer and a doctor, even though it's possible, there are lawyers and doctors, but you have to do one at a time. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't. I mean, I, I probably see more more doctor uh, attorneys who've been athletes, not so many. Doctors, right, because it takes cool 16 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's what, I mean, that was, for me, you know, medical school, I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, you know, I'll go the three-year route and go to law school. Right. Uh, our guest is Dr. Sydney um, Butts. North, uh, she's a surgeon at uh, Downstate, mm-hmm. Down, Downstate Medical in Brooklyn, and she's been our guest. And um, before we let you go, We've got another hour. No, before we let you, you know, there's just a couple of things I want to hit here. We're just talking general sports, and Sydney is a great sports person. Uh, one story that came to the women's soccer team. The women's soccer team, national soccer team, refused to play a game uh, Sunday because the field was terrible. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, they, 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 they refused to play. And what's interesting, because one of the things that the, the women were saying is that before we just take anything. We play on the field. We didn't like it, and we just play. Mm-hmm. But they said, "Hell no, we won't go." <laughs> and they didn't. They didn't play. What, what, what you thought about that? Is this? And this is coming off the heels of Missouri players right. last month saying that, you know, right. we're not going to play. Right. And now the, the women say, and it's, it's, it's to me, it's so simple because, you know, uh, Michelle Roberts, who's on the show, just had her first um, meeting with Adam Silver, and to me, it's always it's so simple that if players don't play. You know, I just there's no show. Right. I mean, it's not even a debate. If if what if for some reason the Giants decide that they're not playing, mm-hmm. and you've got all these television cameras and all this technology, and there's nothing there's there's nothing there. There's no games. To me, it seems like athletes. It's almost like this uh, this invisible cage they're in that they they don't understand that without you. There's no show. Right. right. So what do you think about that? The women and the people argue, well, the women's soccer, but who cares? But they shut it down. I mean, they shut it down. Right. No, I, I love it. Athletes have to take care of themselves. This, you know, goes back to what I was saying about Revis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the smart athletes, you know, the people who value their bodies, value their 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 brains. You know, they're gonna. You know, you make the smart decision. You take care of yourself because the league, like you said, the league is worried about the money. They worry about the the cameras. They worry about the the fans paying the money, and they and that invisible cage is created by by the leagues you know they they feed the players this this you know they try to convince yeah. the players that that you don't I, have you don't have that power mm-hmm. and and, mm-hmm. and it's all us right so i mean anytime anytime the players take a stand i love it yeah yeah Sydney, no i th- i listen we, we were saying before if you feel that you're being put in a situation where your health is at risk don't play. Don't play. Yeah. Is there a doctor equivalent to that? If doctors strike, I mean, if doctors want to strike, forget. <laughs> no, right? there. I don't think there. That would. You couldn't uh, go on strike, right? Uh, no, there's there's no physician union in the. I think in the UK there's something more like that because there's national health care. Um, That'd be nice. So there, mm. there isn't really a kind of an organized ability for that to happen. Yeah. Mm. What what wow that would be a killer if the doctor decide you yeah. know, we're not operating today or if we do it'll be a slowdown <laughs> give them whatever they want <laughs> just before you go under I always say that you know you go under and then some doctors oops <laughs> wait a minute um, and then last uh, we talked early on uh, this thing I sent you guys Kevin Durant mm-hmm. Kevin Durant was right, going right, right. off on the media. Uh-huh. And he went off with this thing called the Players' Tribune, which I found is very interesting. About six, seven years ago, it was actually Isaiah Thomas who told me that he had an idea. Because mm-hmm. most athletes hate the middleman, which is us, mm-hmm. the media. They said, why do we always have to go through you guys? Why can't we? Have, and Isaiah Thomas had this idea of athlete creating some site where athletes would cut out the middleman. Well, of course, Derek Jeter. He stole his he idea? Stole it. Well, wow. I don't think he knew it. But, Derek Jeter. Yeah, who knew? They, they, uh, it was your Brook, your Mets, Mets fan. fan yeah. So any no the, love for Jeter, <laughs> right? But he he came out with this Players Tribune, which has been very interesting because now all the players have taken to 
the Players Tribune to break stories and tell their own stories. So, so the latest one is Kevin Durant's blasting the media because they figure they're really killing Kobe, which the media is. <laughs> I mean, they're killing Kobe. You know, he announced his yeah, retirement in a poem, and of course, they're killing him. You know, it's almost like the revenge of the media. They're talking about he's slowing down, and now they can actually they can start killing them now. Oh, well, he, he hasn't slowed down shooting. Well, well, he takes as many shots. He's just not making them. <laughs> but what do you think about that? I mean, Kevin was saying that uh, basically the media should lighten up. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy has done a lot to the for the game, and why is everybody kicking him when he's down? And some people say, well, because he's been such a jerk. I, I like Kobe. Mm-hmm. I like his competitive spirit. But a lot of people are taking shots at him. Well, what, what do you think about what Durant is saying? I mean, should the media... You know, when you earn what Kobe, you got to give him a pass and maybe not kind of not ignore the slippage, but mm-hmm. don't kick him when he's down. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, and I, again, I'm pro athlete. I mean, I, I don't know. If, I'm not even sure if I agree with with Durant in terms of uh, you know whether the media has been hard on him or whether they should or not. But I I like that he spoke out. I like that he you know he had he had an opinion on what what some people in the media we're doing and he and he spoke out about it um and in a, and I like the idea of the uh of the players tribune even though it was Isaiah's idea first <laughs> like you said but I like I like that idea because you know I I understand uh why you know journalists would would be bothered by it a little bit you know some some people being taken out of the picture but I think you always want the true story so why if I if I as a consumer if I want the true story I want a vehicle where I can hear yeah, directly from the player. Really, but see, that's that's the issue. I think that are you going to really get the true story? In other words, it's hard to give to put yourself in context. I mean, it's, it's easy if mm-hmm. you if you're a Jeter. Mm-hmm. I mean, af, after a game, he's. I mean, basically, they're going to tell you the good news. Right. And even if they're trying, they'll never be as hard on themselves as we're going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And do I? I do think that the media, since it's become much more, um, it's been about us. I think we have gone too far right. in terms of making it about us being unfair. But I do think that well, to get an accurate picture, you do need right. some and, degree of critique. And if it, but if it's coming from you, that's great. But if it's coming from some other people in the media, right. maybe I'd rather hear it directly from him. Right. And that's and the reason I do like uh, the the Tribune is because I feel we've talked about the diversity in the media, and there's none the lack hardly. Of, right. Right. So a lot of times, people that are telling the story. You know, can't relate to the athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, almost about hundred percent of the time, people telling this ninety nine percent of the time, people telling the story are coming from you know can't relate, don't have any empathy for the people themselves who are the athletes. So when it's that situation, I don't mind hearing from. I'd rather hear directly from the well, athlete. I mean, you, you, if we you, had more diversity within the media, and I was getting different people telling the story, maybe it'd be different. Well, that, that, that's the problem in the media. They give this is for another show, although we always mention Bill Rose on sports. <laughs> I mean, seriously, when you go to the press box. And you particularly football, basketball, and you see the the the, the, the full you know in the NFL eighty percent of the players are black, and then you look at the in the press box, and it's almost ninety percent, ninety nine percent of the people in the press box are white and male. Mm-hmm. That's always problematic when you have you know young black men being judged and critiqued by predominantly white males. Mm-hmm. That always has the potential for being a problem. Not that they necessarily intended to be a problem. Right. But that's the definition of racism because it's just a lot of sister. But that's our show next week. Next uh, week's show. Next week's show. Next week's week show. And that, always. The week after that. The week after that. Anyway, listen, our guest has been uh, Dr. Sydney Butts. Uh, just, just Number one, just a wonderful person. Thank you. Uh, great sir. Although, I mean, I know you're a great surgeon. And I kind of I kind of don't want to find out in, in a way. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just, just take my word for yeah, it. Yeah, just take right. my word for it. But, um, uh, Sydney, thank you so 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 much thank for, for coming on the show. Oh no, this is fantastic. And, and if people really wanted enjoyed to, it so much, and if people wanted to get in touch with you, how would that happen? Right, if they say I got a nose, I'm I know we and not on Twitter, you know, not right. to me. I I think doctors should get into that more. You, you know? think so? Yeah, you know, you know, give yeah. us give us your opinion on stuff or what we yeah. should do. Or, Although I know. think I think we I think it would be great to have Doctor Butts weigh in periodically. Just about injuries. Right. Like, you know, do a little segment. Invite me about, back. I will you're come. Always, you're, no, it's always I would love it. Always. You, you have an open invitation to come to the show 
once a month. No. <laughs> you can help yourself, but don't take too much. <laughs> no, but I would love to get your perspective on a weekly, month, whatever basis, just okay. about injuries and what your what your what your thoughts about injuries and people coming back. It seems like to me there have been more and more injuries almost oh, than, yeah. than ever before, particularly in the NFL. It's been Yeah, and you know what's sad is when it when the injuries happen during preseason or like right. training, like I think Derek Rose's injury happened when right. he was it was a preseason game. He had already been out so much with the ACL. Right. So yeah. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, injury prone. We'll, we'll we'll talk about what that. So you're means. you're yeah. on LinkedIn or? Yeah. I am on LinkedIn. Um, and then to find out more about kind of what I do professionally in my uh, clinical work, uh, you can go to the uh, SUNY Downstate website, which is www.downstateoneword.edu. And you spell your name S Y. S Y, right? Like Australia. And plus B U T T S. That's right. All right. Well, listen. Thank you very, very, very much. Oh. Uh, before we go, I promised Pat to say one thing about hockey. Producer oh. Pat. Oh, okay. Producer Pat is yeah. a huge. He's our hockey presence here. All right. Uh, <laughs> you know, so what's give give us the one. What do we need to know about hockey that we you know? Well, you have to watch out for Patrick Kane, who's on. He's hot. He's you on. Fire. Watch out for him. I mean, do you well, know? I mean, on the ice. <laughs> uh, on the ice. <laughs> a lot of people. Oh, he's, 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 careful, careful. Yeah, he just. Uh, uh, recorded his 600th career NHL point, which puts mm-hmm. him sixth, sixth amongst, amongst active players. Mm-hmm. But in the last uh, 23 games, he scored a point in every game, including mm-hmm. 14 goals. Wow. And, yeah, I so don't even know what team he's on. I, I Chicago. Know embarrassing. Oh, yeah, Chicago. I knew that. So I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Defending champions. Right? Yeah, Chicago, Chicago Blackhawks. Black My Chicago Blackhawks. Right. I grew up in Chicago. Yeah. In fact, in fact, you know, it's so funny how we say goodbye to the show and it ends up another hour. But, <laughs> you know, I grew up in Chicago uh-huh. uh, playing, uh, I mean... Hockey? I, well, not playing hockey, but I love hockey because the Blackhawks were very good. They were great. And I remember in, in our backyard, my brother, who's an opera singer, who you met, right. was an opera singer, he would be like, I'd be in goal and he'd be coming down, he'd be trying to get a slap shot by me or something like that. And I'd be like Glenn Hall mm-hmm. or Terry Sawchuck or something like that. And you know, so yeah, so I'm. And the know. backyard was all ice because it was Chicago. It was snowy. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was snow. It was cold. Is that no question? About it. <laughs> anyway, hey, hey everybody, thank you very much. We're in our my favorite uh, time of the year. This is the holiday time of year, filled with love and festivities. So uh, think love, think peace. Uh, we need it. And again, thank you, Dr. Butts, Sydney. It's thank been you, a pleasure. Thank uh, you for having me. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, Jamal, thank yeah. you. Follow, follow the podcast on Twitter at B R O S Bill Roden on Sports, B R O S Pod, Bros Pod yeah. on Twitter. All right. Thank you very much. God bless. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.